Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ. Along with my co-host Teresa Quinlan, I'm Rhys Thomas. We make up TNT. For those of you who don't know, TNT is our initials. Simple, right? Uh, we're here to explode the status quo. This series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently so we can start doing differently. Both Reese and I have met and engaged with Edward O'Copney via LinkedIn. And for our audience, when you venture to connect with Edward, you're gonna find the following under his profile description. Everything can change in the blink of an eye. It's not the events or circumstances that we encounter in our life that guide us forward or determines our destiny. It is, however, what we learn and the way we choose to take action that shapes our future. The people that come in and out of our lives can have a substantial impact on us and that there's no relationship without value. Supporting this is an understanding that happiness is a daily choice. I could not agree more with that statement. And no matter what obstacles we are confronted with, there is always something positive that will come from them. We are really excited to have you here with us today, Edward. Thank you for joining us on TNTESQ. I'm actually really honored to be here. This is uh, not a regular or typical thing for me, and thank you. You're welcome. When we play the video clips of this, people will see you from the front seat of, of your vehicle, and I know that this is one of those things that really intrigued Reese and I is how you come into the virtual space and you bring messages of positivity. Sometimes, you know, people's purpose is connected to, well, just that. They figured out what their obsession was, what their passion was. And then they stood on their soapbox and could not help themselves from projecting it out into the world. So we'd love to hear about your obsession and your passion and how it all began for you. You know, I believe my obsession has been, and it took me a long time to identify this. I was doing it, but it didn't I didn't quantify it with myself. I've always enjoyed attempting to leave people better off than I found them. I've grown up without worry in my life, and most people don't seem to understand how that's possible. It wasn't something that was taught to me. It wasn't something that I learned or studied. It was just who I was, and it was much later in life that I realized the uniqueness of this. Mm -hmm. And that point is when I started to recognize for me, it was kind of one of my superpowers. I watched this Netflix movie, Free Solo. It's about this gentleman who like climbs El Capitan in Yosemite National Park without ropes. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> he took a picture of his brain and uh, determined his amygdala, his reaction center, just required a little bit more stimulus than a regular person and so he didn't have these sort of common things that other people would have he didn't react to things the way average or normal people would react and so you're talking about something i think very similar is you don't have this thing that most other people have and it makes people sort of look at you sideways sometimes so how do you how do you describe it to people well, some might describe it as a missing gene. <laughs> I, I like to describe it as an inner peace. It's not that I don't understand worry. 
I get it. I can speak to it. I comprehend it. And it doesn't mean that the notion of worry has never entered my mind. But if anything ever enters my mind that gives me that kind of pause, for me, it's a matter of changing that channel. I come from an era when we used to have channels like on the TV where you actually change the channel. And that's the way I see my mind. When something other than positive enters it, whether it's worry or anything negative, I've learned to quickly change the channel, partly because I don't like the way it makes me feel. I like feeling happy. I, it's like a drug to me. And being free of worry gives me peace. No matter what I'm faced with, I have questioned myself, like, am I really missing something? Because I'm not worried. And, you know, everyone around me is freaking out. But that's just not who I've been. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting you said that you like to cultivate this inner peace and I couldn't see how that links with this idea of happiness and, and not worrying but I think we've talked before about the inner critic and we talked about the inner critic being like a guardian so like it's not a it's not a bad thing it's actually a protective thing so the way you're describing this is almost like you don't have that internal model you don't have that inner critic who's telling you these things and even when it does come in maybe it's from a sort of external conditioning thing that you've kind of just absorbed without really computing into your programming. So you can just literally flip the switch. So that's really interesting how you describe that. And can you explain to some of our listeners how, what process you do? It really isn't complicated. What I find so many people have shared with me is the words, but I can't help it. I'm not like you. And okay, you don't need to be like me, but yes, you can help it. The way you help it is first learning to recognize when worry enters your mind. And if you talk to a person who will refer to themselves as a worrier, and they're out there, unfortunately, it's like they wear like a badge of honor. And for me, I I hear that and go, because the, the first thing they'll always say to you, well, I want to be prepared for what, you know, may happen. There's no preparing. All you're doing is ruining the period of time between now and that imagined event. Because all worry is, for me, is you using your imagination against yourself. You're imagining something negative in the future that is not yet and most likely will not occur. And if you learn to use your memory and you think about all the things you've worried about up till this point, how many of them actually happened? And the ones that did, were you prepared? Did it make it any better? (laughs) I would think no. So I liken it to a couple going to a wedding on a Saturday. They're supposed to leave at a certain time. They unfortunately leave later than they were supposed to. One of them is fine. You know, we're going to get there when we get there. But the other person is, oh my gosh, Everyone's going to look at us. We're not going to be able to sit where we wish. We're going to interrupt the ceremony. A list of all these terrible possible things. And then the drive, every single red light, it's like they want to pull their hair out. They arrive at the wedding. They get to the church. It has not started. They can sit where they wish to sit. No one turns around and looks at them to say, hey, yet one now has to decompress from that last whatever amount of time was. And the other person is just like, yeah, here we are. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
I mean, you're speaking to the, the power of being present in this moment and understanding that all you have is really this moment right now. It is such a difficult concept for so many. And I fit in that pool on occasion as well for so many to just be right here and not think about what right now might do for the next moment. And we're not talking about all emotional experiences. We're not, we're certainly, I don't think anyways, saying to our listeners, never prepare for anything. What you're saying is you have to be in tune with the element of what worry feels like and knowing that acting on that emotional information to forecast and get that snowball of negativity rolling serves no purpose. None. We all have that recognition when it comes into our mind that, oh, this doesn't feel good and mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen. But it seems like for so many, they're afraid to imagine the positive for fear. Now there's going to be a disappointment if the positive doesn't work out. So we have a period of time where we start and a period of time whenever this event is supposed to occur. My thought process is I always consider the best, always. (laughs) And between now and then, I am super happy. And if I arrive then and it doesn't quite work out as I expect, I deal with it at the moment. And that's it. I don't carry it with me. I didn't carry it with me to get there. I was in a good, and I'm in a great mood when I'm dealing with it because I, I started off happy. And I don't set myself up for that disappointment because it isn't. I don't live in expectation. I live in hope. Nice. I loved your analogy there of the wedding. You know, I was literally there. I was in the back of the uh, car and my dad was the one in the front. You know, yeah, it's fine. No worry. We'll get there. And my mum was the one in the front going, what about this? What are this? What are these people going to say? What's their expectation? So is it something about your family? Is it something about your, your upbringing, your, your teachers, anything like this? Or are you just, you're still sticking with that idea that it was just born in you and you've just always been like that? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, part of me would like to, no, I wouldn't actually. See, part of me would like to say I had this difficult childhood that I had to overcome. And I've had a blessed life, honestly. I, I've had more love around me than uh, at times in my past. I had more love given to me than I felt I deserved. Mm. If I had an issue before, it was that. I was always so well supported and so well loved. I almost had a level of guilt regarding that. Yet today, and it's been really over this past year, that I grew to love myself. I'm happier with who I am now than I've ever been in my life. Like today, I'm happier than I've ever been with me. And I know I'm going to be happier with me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that to have the life I wish to have in the future and to share it with someone that I, I wish to share it with, I needed to become the best version of me for that. So I'm a work in progress, as we all are. That's a common thread that connects each of us, whether we have to work on our worry switch or we have to work on our self-love switch, whichever one we need to work on. I love this concept of there's opportunity for you to simply decide. And if we have a history that we have to resolve, Sometimes the resolution is just deciding no more. From here moving forward, I will no longer carry those beliefs that I wasn't worthy. I will no longer carry those beliefs that the other shoe was going to drop. I no longer will carry the beliefs that happiness happens to me by some divine intervention and I have no control over any of it. 
you certainly can have this moment of clarity of, I think I'm just going to decide and I'm going to do a different way moving forward. Well, yes, I, I believe all of life is a choice and too many people I find are victims of their own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And when you learn that you are in control, sometimes it really is just changing that channel of thought. The simplest way to prepare yourself for that is to load your mind with a ton of positive thoughts, dreams, plans, ideas, people that make you happy. And the moment something troubling enters your mind that you don't have to deal with at the moment, change the channel. I've got a home that I've got in my mind to build. I've got a dream condo that I want. I have professional aspirations that I, I think towards. I think of the projects I'm working on and the successful completion of those. I have any number of things to change that channel to go to. Mm -hmm. It's just preloading. And then they're there waiting for it. So is there a question of sort of um, affirmations and manifestation? Is that something that you believe in? Is that what you do? You, you've talked so much about positivity, reinforcing these ideas and tuning out the negativity and only focusing on your dreams. Yeah. Yes, I've always done that, but I didn't recognize what I was doing until recently. In uh, the past couple of years, I've come to appreciate all of the universe's energy. Trying to simply understanding that was a, a huge leap forward for me. The, under, the appreciation that what we build within is built on the outside. Positivity mm -hmm. in, positivity on the outside. It's a, like a, a multiple that comes back to us. These are the things I've learned about the way I think. It's only been really the last couple of years that I've started to understand those things that I simply need to believe will be and it will come true. I always thought that way, but I didn't recognize what I was doing. I was just blissful. You mentioned a couple of changes there. What was the catalyst that has made you love yourself more, that's made you have this um, affirmation, this positivity change in the last year? It started with a coach, actually, that uh, helped me recognize some of the roadblocks I'd put in front of myself. And it's funny because I knew I, I put many blocks in front of myself. I was very much a risk-reward-based person. When I would build something for myself to accomplish, I would hold back certain things from myself until that was done. I'll have this when I do this. I'll get this when I've achieved this. That was just one version of a roadblock I'd put in front of myself. And I had many of those. Coming to put that to light helped me understand that that isn't a way to move myself forward. It's just slowing me down. It allowed me to recognize so many things from my history. Like, I'll be honest, when I was going to school, I went to college in California. I was playing football and I was studying theater and business. And acting was really what I wanted to do. But when I came back to Toronto, I transferred my credits and I went to study theater at York University. I made a decision to step away from acting and move towards the business side of things. Because then what I was telling myself is I didn't want to be a starving actor. But the reality was, and this is going to sound crazy for someone who wanted to be an actor, I was afraid to see myself on film. I was afraid to expose myself to the public. I was afraid that everyone would start to see my flaws and recognize He's not so perfect. <laughs> it took me a long time to get to that place where I could recognize that and admit it. This is the work in progress that we're all going through. This is the power of having something like this platform 
being able to do podcasts, having conversations with people and hearing about who tell us your superpower and how does that work? Oh, I'm going to pick up that tip and then help us understand the exploration of your own journey and being able to hear these things. And we get to connect. You mentioned something there that I was just like, Oh yeah, that is such a big deal is the delayed gratification is the double edged sword. So you have the superpower of not worrying in essence, delaying thoughts around worst case scenario but you also had that negative ed sword of delayed gratification they might oh i understand they that. may play two sides of the same sort of trait in the middle so there that self-exploration is the recognition of this is how this part of me really helps me moving forward and this is how this part of me kind of gets in my way let me understand this get in my way portion and learn to get rid of that so i can lean into all the joy and the happiness and the choice to be happy and the choice to not worry and know how to change a channel because i've got preloaded visions of all of the great things you just have this steadfast belief that no matter what happens no matter if i'm prepared no matter what the outcome is something great will come of this mm. That is such a oh, yes. powerful message, such a powerful thing to hardwire into your own mind. Listening to a podcast earlier about self-compassion, which is obviously something that's coming across when you talk about what it is you're doing, but they were talking about reprogramming that inner voice rather than worrying about what could go wrong. You're already thinking about what, what, great, will, what great thing will happen because of this. Is that something that you can teach our audience how? Yes. I think that that was part of my not worrying and it was kind of ingrained in me. Those words and that mindset has been a, a savior for me for some of the things I've dealt with. Because you can be the most positive person in the world, have the most positive thoughts, be happy every day. It doesn't make you immune to bad things going on or ma making your own mistakes or tragedy occurring. I lived at Sick Kids Hospital for 255 nights with my son. He's fine. And it was an unexpected stay. And in the middle of the stay, they didn't know what to do with my son because he was outside of their box. And um, we would be in meetings and they would literally say to us, we don't think outside the box here. Mm. Eric, my son, is outside the box. I remember being in the middle of the stay, that let's see the 120 day mark and not knowing what was going to happen, when we would get out, how we would get out, how he would move forward. But I do recall having that belief inside me that something great would come of this. And it's so very interesting. And I think if, if people started to learn to use their memories better, they mm -hmm. could start to recall things that they may not have thought about turning into something positive. But if you look back at a negative event in your life and, and see where you've come from that negative event, so often you're going to find it's put you in a better position. What that stay did for my son's care long-term was immeasurable. So many great things do come from difficulties, even tragedies. Although you, it's very easy to say, like I lost my dad, who was my very best friend, January 17th, 2013. And it was sudden and it was terrible. I was grateful that God took him the way he went because he went quickly and that was what he would have liked and i had the good fortune of having my very last words to him be the day before i kissed him on the forehead and said i love you dad so i get to live with that positive memory 
And yeah. people will say, well, what good came away of your, your best friend and your dad passing away? A lot of growth. There's something good that comes from everything negative. You know, so often we seem to be initially sad for the people that have passed away suddenly, like before we would think it's their time. But I'm not of the belief that it's bad for them. It's difficult for the ones left behind. There's an opportunity within reflection. I like this tip or maybe encouragement you're providing to our listeners to use our memories to go back and take a look at our past because our past can help us to understand why we're showing up as we are in our present. The opportunity of considering every element of life as a learning opportunity. There's something here I'm supposed to be learning. It's my life and so it's happening for a reason and there's something I'm going to learn from this. Oftentimes, I'm interested in your thoughts on this. Oftentimes I think people will talk about that or do that for all the hard stuff, but they don't do it for the good stuff. They don't look at the good stuff and go, what was I supposed to learn from this? They look at the hard stuff, the crappy stuff and they go, there must, it happened because I'm supposed to learn something. What am I supposed to learn? But the good stuff, they don't stop and examine. That, that may be because the good stuff seems easy. I think we're always learning. It's just whether or not we're paying attention to what we're learning. I don't disagree with you that it's not just the challenges that we learn from. I really do believe if we learn to use our memories better, we become better for tomorrow. And for me, part of that recognition was learning to take responsibility for my entire past, even the things that I had nothing to do with. And when I did that, it released me to no longer carry any of those burdens on my shoulders, anchoring me down, like pulling a weight with me. Literally everything I go through, everything. Something great will come of this and I'm being taught something. So last year when I injured my leg, I, my quad tendon basically exploded when I was weight training. As I hit the floor, I don't know, when I say this, most people go, oh, sure. But literally my first thought was something great will come of this. And I had plans. I was supposed to start a program that I'd been planning out for the previous two and a half years, the next week. And that didn't even enter my mind. I just knew something great would come of it. And then I healed. And six weeks later, the straight leg brace came off and the surgeon said, great. You're like, wow, what a great healing. Uh, but a week after that, I had a little slip on the ice. It didn't fall down, but I, I felt it. And a week later, my knee was really hot. A couple of medical appointments later, they said, uh, you need to replace this now. And all I said to the surgeon was, that's great. And he looked at me like I was insane. And he said, what? I said, well, I, did I tear it where you fixed it? And he said, no. I said, see, I tore it. And there was another weakness there. I said, you're going to get me a new tendon? He goes, hey, yeah. I said, is it vetted? And he said, yeah. I said, great. So I was in a straight leg brace. And I was thinking, okay, I interchange God and the universe. And, and, and people that really believe in God don't really like that, that interchange. But for me, God, the universe, it's all energy. Uh, it's, the way, it's what I believe. And I just remember thinking, okay, you know what? I needed to be slowed down for some reason. I don't know what it is right now. But that's the other thing is not having to know what that great thing will be or what that lesson needs to be at that moment. But knowing that there is going to be something either learned or benefited from whatever we go through. That is a beautiful space to operate in and from. So tell us about what all these um, perceived issues have led you to the, you, were, you had this great, the universe had this great plan for you in mind, 
he thought it was this and he had an accident. He thought it was that and then something else happened. And really, it's all been leading up to the EJ Ozone. Yeah. Three and a half years ago, I came up with this idea. It was actually born of a desire to put out positive messaging. I was still early on LinkedIn at the time, and I was only putting up third-party content and maybe speaking to it a bit, but I really didn't have my voice other than my caption of words. I've been training all of my life. I started weight training when I was 11, and I'm not a big guy, so it's not like you're going to look at me. I also played football. I don't think that either, but it's been my, that's been one of my passions. So I wanted to tie that together. And I really thought when I first came up with the plan three and a half years ago, that it would be maybe a few months, I'll, I'll start this. And then a few months became nine months, a year, and things got in the way. And what I've come to realize, rather than being upset with myself for not getting it started, was that. Everything happens as it's supposed to, provided we keep moving ourselves forward. I believe that we're all destined for things, mm -hmm. but we have the ability to shape that destiny. It wasn't to my time. And to my good fortune, that program that I planned three and a half years ago that I, I spent a year working on the physical program of, I was started on February 10th. And it's just another one of my passions. And what fell into all of this was the Ejo Zone because this program that I'm actually documenting was supposed to be the first video on that. I had an idea of how it was going to be produced and I didn't know where or how that that was going to happen, but I just believed it. And one of my partnerships that I'm in, who is really the source behind the look of all of my videos now, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I can't take any credit for that. And I was talking with Jacqueline Way yesterday. She was, oh, Edward. No one thought it was you. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I wanted to ask what that meant, but I thought, okay, I'll let it go. We established a partnership back in the spring of 2019 that has led to the beginning of the Ejo Zone. I'll be quite honest that a big part of the reason the Ejo Zone got started was because of her work. That mm -hmm. premiere video was my words and my voice, but her amazing work. Only now starting to complete what was the catalyst of that. I'd have to say that the personal internal pride I have from having that in me for three and a half years to finally arrive and get to a point in my life. Mm -hmm. And it really has allowed me the recognition that everything really does happen as it's supposed to. When people visit Ejo Zone, what do you hope they get out of it, that they take from it? What they need. I think 10 people could look at one piece of video content from me and I see it in the comments, how different people hear different things, different parts strike them and they, they relate the part of their life that it either has mirrored or has answered a question for. And that seems to be different for everyone. My belief is that when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I believe that the right people will find my messaging when they're supposed to find my messaging. My intent with my messaging isn't to sell really anything other than how to perhaps think a little differently. Maybe make a positive change in your life and maybe I say one right thing that has a lifelong effect on that person. Beautiful. I love that, yeah. I mean, just you said that there, so people can think differently. So the premise of this show is so people can think differently and so they can do differently. So. 
you, you've given us so many different things to think about. Removing worry, the idea that something great will come with this no matter what it is, and no matter what the, the event is, there's a learning opportunity there. It speaks about the growth mindset. You've talked about the importance of self-care and self-love, uh, self-compassion. You touched on the idea of harnessing the energy for something positive and not you know, frittering it away on perceived expectations of a possible negative scenario that never really happens. And you link that back to this idea of using your memories to go back into examples of where you thought something bad would happen. Even if something did actually happen, it wasn't actually that bad or it just led to a more learning opportunity. So, so much there that um, people can start thinking about. But as our sort of hashtag, not anymore, that we'd like to finish with, what would you, what would you like to share with our listeners to, to help them, maybe something they can do tomorrow, the next day in their work with their colleagues so they can start actually doing differently? How can we all get a piece of that? Maybe perhaps live with the words, choose happy, and recognize that what enters our mind, whether you think it's been implanted there somewhere else by someone else or something else, we really do have a choice how we handle that and our internal voice. I believe our internal voice is everyone's superpower. Unfortunately, too many use it as, a, as an antagonist rather than a hero. We have the control of that voice. It's not easy changing from negative thoughts to, or worry to being free of those things, but learning to first recognize when those thoughts enter your mind and then understanding the concept that, okay, I have the power to change that channel mm -hmm. and redirect yourself, redirect your mind. Over time, it ceases being something you have to be conscious of. For me, there's four steps to learning. There's the unconscious incompetent, so you don't know what you don't know. Then there's the conscious incompetent. You realize, okay, I, I don't know. Then there's consciously competent, which is you're aware of uh, something you've got to do. You do it, and then you end up with unconscious competence. That's really the goal in a happy life, being unconsciously happy. I live in gratitude every day. I have my cup of coffee in the morning. I have my cup of coffee in my hand and I'm happy for my cup of coffee. It's a cup of coffee. I'm so, I'm blessed. I mean, we really are blessed. Let's just have a moment and record some applause for that. <laughs> that was such a good answer. And, you know, I love those four lessons. How, how can people reach out to you? How can they connect with you? How can they find out more about the Ejo Zone? How can they get more of this amazing, amazing stuff that you're sharing? Well, uh, YouTube, uh, just type in the Ejo Zone, and it's just like ego with a J. Perfect. <laughs> On LinkedIn, reach out to me. I, I love communicating with people via LinkedIn. I love the relationships I've been able to establish there. Uh, I do have an Instagram account, which is Ejo Quotes. Right now, it's only third-party quotes I post, but that's about to evolve. Reach out. I'm always open to communicating with like-minded people. Well, thank you. Yeah, I can definitely um, concur with that. We like to finish off every show with a rapid fire Q&A. So it's just 10 statements, uh, two choices. You just go with whatever's in your heart. Nice and simple. We are ready to go. So number one, manager or leader? <laughs> Managing leader. Nice. Number two, active or reactive? active 
Number three, black and white or gray? Mm -hmm. Gray. Number four, optimist or realist? Optimist, optimist, optimist. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, oh, number five, Canada or England? Ah, well, you, okay. Um, honestly, it is a complete 50-50 tie with me because my lineage is from Britain. Oh, yes. So, I and I'm, Reese I'll is pleasantly surprised right now. Uh, number seven, uh, number six, heart or head? Heart. Number seven, empathy or assertiveness? Empathy. Number eight, introvert or extrovert? Oh, I'm an intro-extro. Nice. And number nine, logical or emotional? Oh. Huh. Hmm. They need to be combined with me somehow. I, I, I really can't separate the two because I think they, they need to coexist in my world anyways. Large emotional. We'll just make it. Large emotional, emotional, emotional. <laughs> Yeah, one of those. Yeah, perfect. Um, uh, number 10, uh, innovation or process? Innovation. Fantastic. Look, thank you so much for having a bit of fun with us early in. Um, and most importantly, for giving me half a point for, uh, for England. I'll, I'll remember no, no, that. No. Full point for England, for, full point for Canada, equal full points. So... Uh, I just With heard me? the point for England. I didn't hear the rest of that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both so very much for today. This has been a true blessing and an honor. I, just the invitation alone was an honor. Thank you. The best way for us to find out if we are giving you, our listener, the value of your time by helping you think differently so you can do differently is if you write a review and give a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on.